Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mount Wire. Yeah, basketball. It's been a minute. We're here. We've been perplexed as anybody else. Maybe we're, Eli, we're confused of what's going on. Because, whew, league is uh, wild, right? Man, and nothing seems to make any sense. I was talking to Tyler Bischoff the other day on his show and just trying to – he asked me about going through the teams that I know are for sure good or for sure bad. And outside of Nevada and San Jose State, you just don't really know. <clears throat> Wyoming. Yeah, true. Just saying. Somebody has to win tonight. So we got three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is our, our little podcast here, MWR, Eli Betker, Jeremy Moss here. Speed show a little bit because we're on a time crunch, but I okay. Let's start with first off. Why were they handing out this tuxedo T-shirt to UNLV on Tuesday night? I want to start there. I don't. I have no idea what that was about. I asked Tyler to send me one. He did not reply on Twitter, so I don't know what's up with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but seriously, um, should we stick with Air Force real quick? Yeah, well, yeah. Why not? Are we crim- criminally underrating them in our power rankings each week at like number seven or eight? I you know. They're playing a lot more like a top-half team than a bottom-half team in Mount West right now. Their last four games, they have a 14-point win over San Diego State, an 18-point win over UNLV. They led Nevada at halftime, um, and like then they beat. Digits. Yeah, and then they uh, lost, or excuse me, then they beat Boise State by 14. So they're beating the better teams out of this conference by double digits. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, I make I, everybody knows my joke about just play hockey lineup. But <laughs> I, it's interesting because they've. It's not like because okay, when you look at UNLV, who who they'll play eventually, it's like okay, is U, UNLV any good? I don't know. They're beating up on the crappy teams. But Air Force is doing kind of the opposite. So we have Air Force at ninth this week. That seems a bit coming into the week. That seems a bit too low. Where sh- you said they're playing top half team. Like I know there's a game on Saturday they're upcoming for Air Force. Where should they be? Should they be top half? You know, they should take care of business against San Jose State. I don't the way that they've been playing lately. I don't have any doubt that they win that game. But again, you just don't know with <laughs> the way this conference is going. But that would put Air Force at four and four, and likely in the top six, top five of the standings. And considering who they've beaten, I think you could make the argument that Air Force could be slotted anywhere at fifth or sixth right now in the standings. But again, that that's subject to change, and we've flirted with the idea of just about any team being as high as fourth or fifth, and as low as eighth or ninth. So, or two. Uh, Air Force is another team that's in that big mess right there in the middle. Yeah, because they're sitting at like they okay, they beat UNLV, who's five and one. Boise State, um, yesterday as we mentioned, and they crushed UNLV. They lose to a pretty good CSU. Well, not pretty good, but a pretty good Nico Carvacho CSU team because he's pretty good. I don't know, New Mexico, Utah State, and all, all those are on the road except for the UNM loss at home. So I, I I joked on Twitter because the voice of the Air Force Falcons likes to uh, chat with us or tag us on Twitter for a lot of things, which is great. I make a joke. Do you see what I put on last time? I'm like, hey, Air Force will probably beat a team in the conference tournament. I'm like, oh, we're probably going to be wrong. It's like, hey, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. 
Wasn't it Air Force that beat UNLV a couple years ago? Um, well, they almost beat them last year. That game went into overtime. Well, maybe uh, that's what that, was it was. A, that was a pretty good matchup. But um, yeah, I, Air Force did beat them, I believe, two years ago. Maybe that's what um, it was. The tournament. So what is Air Force doing? Like, why or how are they doing this? Because they had 100 points, 106, which was their first ever 100-point game in Mountain West history, conference game at least. They're not scoring. Like, we know their efficiency too. Like, they're pretty low. Not efficiency, but maybe pace of play is a better word. Where they don't want to, they don't need, or they're usually not going to score seventy-five points. But they've been putting up seventy plus a couple times this year. So what is the change in conference play where they are winning at home and beating at least two decent teams? Well, they shoot the basketball pretty well. Um, they're ninetieth right now in the country in effective field goal percentage, and though they don't shoot the three ball as well as they have in recent years. Um, they're still getting good looks, and they're capable of hitting them. A uh, number of players on these on this team can um, knock down shots from the perimeter. You have Ryan Swan. You have Chris Joyce, A.J. Walker. Um, Lavelle Scotty is definitely one of my favorite players in this conference. So they're not going to make any headlines with what they're doing. They're just methodical, and Dave Pilipovich is doing the best that he can with this team. The major issue for them is turning the ball over. Uh, that's an issue that they've had throughout the season. But when they aren't turning the ball over and they're getting good looks at the basket, they can certainly be capable of, of winning some of these games. But if they continue to limit their turnovers, they're going to be a pretty tough out. Yeah, I, we'll see how they go because I, I I don't know where to put them. Because, again, this league, we do our rankings every week. It's like San Diego State, oh, you lose to this team, you beat this team. You see uh, New Mexico, which has won, what, one game since they beat UNL, Nevada? Is that right? Or have they yeah. not won since then? They uh, blew out who's San Jose or Wyoming. Wyoming, okay, yeah. So they've yeah. gone one and four since blowing out Nevada. So it's like, where are they going to be? It's going to be interesting to watch because you think during the league play, we know a bit more. Like, okay, we figured. Look at Boise State; they nearly they lose to Nevada by one point. Cody Martin makes that jumper to get a one point victory. Okay, mm-hmm. they play fairly close to Fresno State, and then the Air Force game. It's so it's hard to tell who's doing what and who to trust because like you mentioned there's what three teams you really trust two bad one good yeah that's about it because I, I don't trust UNLV just yet people can get mad at me but like I said look who they played they have played in league play they beat which they're winning is fine CSU only by two who they're besides Nico there's not that great of a team overall if you think about it maybe Paige but they blow it well I mean great they beat New Mexico which Again, who knows what they're going to do. They beat San Jose as they should, and they swept in Mexico because they beat them the other day. So, And they're lost to Air Force. So it's like they're beating teams, but they're beating every team that's in the bottom of the conference right now. I want to see, like, this Saturday, they play at San Diego State. Huge rivalry game on the road out there in Vejas. I don't know what to make when they play San Diego State because the Aztecs aren't very good. Then they play Nevada. They play Like, they're stretched. Like, here's how I'll know they're for real. Listen to this next stretch, man. San Diego State on the road. Host Nevada at Utah State at Boise State host Fresno. I honestly would not be shocked if they lose five, those five in a row. That would not surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't. I, it, it would. It would surprise me a little bit. I think that they can win at least one of those games, and they probably are capable of winning three of those games. But that, like you said, it's going to be very telling about this team. And Marvin Menzies mentioned that after the New Mexico game mm-hmm. on Tuesday night, he said that. The people that are skeptical of UNLV right now are saying that they haven't beaten anyone, but they they really haven't. They beat 
New Mexico twice, who has been hit or miss, San Jose State, CSU, and Wyoming, who's also terrible. Um, and so this next stretch of five games is about as tough of a stretch as you could possibly have in conference play. So if they come out of this with a 3-2 and two record or better, then I think that they're very much legit. But um, none of these matchups, according to Ken Palm, they have higher than a 30%, 37% chance of winning. Uh-oh. So the likelihood of winning two or three games according to what Ken Palm has here, is pretty low. So we'll see what they're capable of doing. But uh, three games on the road against legitimate contenders and then hosting the top two teams in Nevada and Fresno State, that's really, really challenging. Yeah, that'll be, like, realistically what they're probably – they, they should – well, should probably, probably. But they have a good chance to beat San Diego State. I don't know why that's only uh, giving them basically a 1-4 in four chance to win. Or not 1-4, in 1-5, in 2-5, whatever, my math's wrong, 38%. <laughs> Nevada, they're not going to win. Like Utah State, twelve percent seems low because Utah State hasn't been like we've seen what they've been doing. They get blown out by Nevada. I I don't know. The the road games are tough. We know how this league is. We go on the road. How can you play? It's hard to play well on the road. If you were to guess win loss for his next five games, what would you say? Realistically, um, let me pull it back up again. I'm bouncing around. I I'd give them two. I think they can win twice. Which ones do you think that the home games? Do you think they win? I think they'll beat San Diego State. Okay. Because Essex can win that game just because we've seen they've been they've been like the sort of like the Mexico, but not to the extreme. They've been up or down. It's like okay, they beat this team, they lose to that team. Like they have no business losing to certain teams on their schedule, and yet they. Well, I don't want to. Sorry, I don't want to put Air Force in that category that they shouldn't lose to them because they're playing better. But a double digit loss, I think they, they scored fourteen points in that first half yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Forty eight overall, so it's like. That was a bad game for sure. Like, they have the talent to beat UNLV, especially at home. But if I'm going on who they'll probably beat, they'll probably, probably beat San Diego State. They actually might win both road games, Boise and San Diego State. Maybe. What about uh, Utah State? I, I say no. I say they'll yeah. win. I say, I think I'd be confident saying they'll win two of the games. And the most likely games for me would be San Diego State and Boise State. Even that's what basically what Ken Palm says. Fresno's right in the mix, but at home. I trust Fresno a little bit more than I do the other teams. So I'll say two and three, and those are the two victories I'm predicting. Yeah, I'm probably with you. I, I'm going back to last year and what UNLV did when they upset Nevada um, on the road. So I, I don't know if I can even discount UNLV at home against Nevada um, just because of how those teams match up. And Nevada's been pretty shaky too. But I give them a pretty decent shot at beating San Diego State. I just cannot trust the Aztecs with what they've done. Yeah. Um the Tuesday night led Fresno State by 20 and somehow managed to blow that game. Yeah. They've been so up and down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I trust UNLV more than San Diego State at this point. I don't think that they'll beat Nevada at home, though I do give them a decent shot. They'll probably win one of the games be, uh, on the road against Utah State or Boise State, and Fresno State's probably a pick for me. Yeah, because so. being at home, Fresno, like, they're beatable, clearly. But let me ask you this. So let's stick with San Diego State for a quick moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going over to – oh, this is actually updated. So I go to Bracket Matrix, which I may start doing some weekly updates on Monday because brackets come out Monday or Tuesday typically. So I'm going to Bracket Matrix. Nevada, four seed, fine, cool. Um, you know what the most surprising thing of that is? San Diego State is being considered by at least one bracket as an 11 seed. I'm, I'm on the bracket right now. I'm it's very confused. The, it's the bingo bracket, whatever that is. I, I, it was 121 the other day, like excuse me, on January 21st, the other couple days ago, before the loss, obviously. They were at the same spot. Okay, I'm like, 
I'm like, I was just going to bring up the bracket just because, hey, here's what they had the other day. But after the 22nd, and including the Fresno State loss, they're still at 11. Do they have any – I didn't really look at their website too much. Is there anything specific about the bracket? Why they're doing it differently maybe? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I don't really see anything that would indicate it's – Oh, actually, I apologize. Thing. Okay, really quick. They were 11. They actually updated the bracket on the 23rd, which is uh, today here on Wednesday. They removed – San Diego State from the bracket, it looks like. But as of the 22nd, they had San Diego State on the bracket. Okay, Which, well, <laughs> in reality, SDSU is nowhere near. Either way, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, either way, <laughs> regardless, before the loss or not, they moved Fresno to 13. But I'm like, I don't get I need to look at it and see if there's something different. Because some brackets do odd things. But there's no reason San Diego State at 10 and 8 should be an at-large consideration at all. <laughs> I've look, I look no. around it more. I don't want to say reputable because who knows who this person is. They, maybe they do a great job and it's just one – glitch or one little thing because they do have like their top four lines are pretty consistent they're they're fine overall at least from a quick glance i don't want to dive too deep and break down one random person's bracket who submitted it to bracket matrix because they have like nevada three c duke michigan state virginia tennessee one gonzaga two it's just at the bottom it gets a little interesting mm-hmm so, but there's no reason. Like, anywhere else you look, it's like Utah State's being considered. Like, in the bracket matrix, Utah State's a, what, first four out. Fresno State's not on there, really. They'll, they, well, there's, like, one bracket. They might be in there eventually if they win a couple games. They're the only two teams that have any chance. But yeah. I just I just saw the Aztec thing. I'm like, really? Come on. Yeah, it's it's kind of confusing. I don't know. I feel like it happened again last year uh, with San Diego State holding on to some um, – at large contention. I know UNLV did as well, but as of right now, definitely just Nevada in the field and Fresno State and Utah State kind of lurking, but would need a huge run to make things interesting. Yeah, it's uh, I, I it's a like I know we're getting close to selection Sunday. Maybe we'll spend a few minutes here on it, but it's only Nevada, correct? Because there's no other yes. team like I've seen like the Athletic, at ESPN, or Sports Illustrator, CBS. They kind of or Chris Dauberton mentioned, like, oh, they're, like, one of the first four first eight out. I just don't see a path for Utah State to get in there unless they happen to upset Nevada at least once. It, yeah, that would, that's what would have to happen, I don't think, or at least beat Nevada and then get to the conference tournament yeah. final. But as of right now, their best win is a neutral site victory against St. Mary's, and that is their only top 100 Ken Palm win to date. So that's not going to get it done. Not enough. Does Nevada have? They have what two hundred wins maybe? Because BYU dropped out. They have the Loyola Chicago. They have a couple. Yeah, they have what five, six. Okay. Uh, have- Loyola, Loyola Chicago, Arizona State, Grand Canyon, South Dakota State, yeah. Utah State, and Fresno State. Okay, I just missed. Okay, I thought it was fewer than that. But uh, all right, uh, let's go over a list you made because this could be a quick. Show. Actually, before we do the list, let's mention kind of what's going on the next uh, upcoming week. I guess for a moment here because there's some crazy uh, stuff happened, right? Because it's a uh, League play blowoffs are a oh, norm, yeah. apparently, because that's yeah. a thing. Is it still just four single digit victories? Uh, we had we had one more last night, so it's five of oh. thirty two games, which have been decided by single digits. Also, really quick, let's play a game because we have San Jose State at Wyoming tonight. Depending when you're listening to this, mm-hmm. they're winless in league play. You can get get in price four dollars if you want to brave the weather in Laramie. Just saying, let's play our game pick center or er, right. <laughs> the BPI. Um, who do you think's favored? <laughs> I think Wyoming's probably favored. You would and... be uh, hold on, my internet's loading slowly. You're correct. Okay, that's that's not they're at home, so that's not too far fetched, right? So I would say like seventy one percent, eighty one percent, eighty one. Okay, that's a bit high. 
Yeah, I don't know if I love that so much. I think San Jose State has a bit more of a shot here. They're basically even, like, across the most standard stats, like points per game, points allowed, field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only real difference is Wyoming's defense is a tad better, mm-hmm. barely, and San Jose can rebound a bit better, but I don't know. I, I'll just say it's a – give it to the Justin James factor to score probably 28 points to get the win. <laughs> that could be it. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to – Oh, man, it's tough, though. San Jose State winning a road conference game at Wyoming. I don't know. I think I'll probably go with Wyoming, but I think this one will be close. All right. Well, and then we got also, not not that we're going to mention this game too much, but CSU Nevada, go pack, I guess, right? Yikes. Yeah, that one could be a massive blowout. I guess to watch this weekend, like this week, I don't want to say games are kind of eh, but here's two games I'm looking forward to see. Fresno State at CSU because J.D. Page and Nico Carvaccio can actually be pretty good at times, right? Mm-hmm. And Fresno is – they're probably the third best team, but CSU, I think they have enough to maybe cause some issues, even though they've only won, what, two of eight, two of nine. And they lost by 15 Utah State. And they're going to lose by 20 probably to Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they did beat uh, New Mexico by 15, so it, it's kind of hit or miss. I think it'll be closer than people think because it's a road game for Fresno, and they do have some talent there. Other game, obviously, UNLV San Diego State, because more more or less because it's a rivalry game, right? I don't like UNLV should win. Let me um, we know what Kempom says. Let's play our game again, Eli. All right, uh, I'd say San Diego State's favored. Oh my! Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. What's that? <laughs> Go ahead. I, I gave some away. Go. Sixty-four <laughs> uh, percent. You're closer, I thought, but it's they're giving Aztec seventy three percent chance to win. Oh man! Oh gosh, that seems high. That is extremely high. What does Ken Palm? What did Ken Palm have for that? Like a four? Uh, it has San Jose State at sixty two percent. Man, that's that still feels a bit high to me. Aztecs so are so hit or miss. So I, I you know, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm probably rolling with the Rebels on that one. I, I am, too. That's one of the two victories. And also, we got Gordon. I guess Utah State New Mexico could be something because it's not like the Aggies are great away from home from who they like lost to, like, at BYU, at Houston, at Nevada. Um, mm-hmm. so they beat the bottom feeders, so they're just okay on the road, not great. Beat Middle Tennessee State, which is whatever, nothing, start of the year. but Or Montana State, excuse me. Um, let's get to your um, list you made. You made, a, a, I guess, a list of some sorts of, hey, what the heck's going on in the conference? That's right. So, what, hey, Eli, what the heck's going on? <laughs> oh, gosh, everything's going on, man. Um, I guess we've – I've gone over a number of these strange facts. I guess the first one is the number of blowouts that we've seen. Um, I, I also found that four of the five players named to the – all-conference team in the preseason have a lower field goal percentage than last year. Um, like, Caleb Martin's down 6%. Cody Martin's down 4%. Justin James is down 9%. Uh, we've got a lot of things. Fresno State's only lead against Utah State was the final score, and they also came back from 20 to beat San Diego State. Um, oh, and a lot of teams that just seem to be doing something right, and then it just falls apart. We have Boise State, who lost on a game-winner um, to Cody Martin, who's a 22.8% three-point shooter. <laughs> and then they lost on the road to – they lost to Fresno State by 10 and then Air Force by 14 to follow that one up. Obviously, with what New Mexico has done, they beat Nevada by 27, then lost by 11 to UNLV, lost by 15 to Colorado State, and lost by 20 to San Diego State. So uh, you can kind of 
pick all the fun ones you like out of here. Also, Utah State, they have two games against the top 40 in Kempom this year. They have a 27-point win over St. Mary's and a 23-point loss to Nevada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, My favorite might be of Nemus Cueta. Is that right? Uh-huh. Nemias, maybe? Yeah, Nemias Cueta, yeah. Nemias Cueta. So he came from Portugal overseas right before school started. And just a top 60 player in most categories on offense and defense, I guess, rebounding percentage, block percentage. I guess he's an offensive-defensive threat. So that's that's kind of the most interesting ones, I'd say. Because, like, hey, who would expect that's, – that's probably – is that – correct me if I'm wrong, but probably a good reason they're actually better than most people thought because we had them at the bottom half of the conference. Oh, definitely. And a lot of the previews entering the season uh, didn't even call for Kata because he was such a late signing. But he has just been fantastic. And I had a stat in early December I just pulled up. Uh, on December 2nd, I don't know if that's changed since then. And I guess his, a few of his ranks have declined a bit. But he was the only player nationally who was in the top 40 in offensive rebounding percentage, defensive rebounding percentage, and block percentage. So he's just been fantastic for Utah State. And to get a guy like him as a freshman in late August has completely turned the season around. And I, I think that's why the Aggies are so good. I'd also like to point out, Asics defense is plummeting like a meteor to the earth in 2218, oh, in 100 uh-huh. years from now. 200th oh. in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's right. They were top... 60 for the past decade and top 10 three straight years since yep. 07. Not, I mean, the past decade, not this decade, obviously. But is that a Steve Fisher thing? What, what do you think is up with that? I think it's a Justin Hudson thing. That's what oh. a lot of people seem to indicate that, uh, especially Aztec fans are pretty bummed out about Hudson leaving and now taking the reins at Fresno State. But Fresno State, I think I last I checked, there's 33rd in defensive efficiency and, um, San Jose State's all the way down at 200. And, and a lot of that has to do with what Justin Hudson did with San Diego State, implementing such a tough defense that he's now translating to Fresno State, and it's gotten the job done so far. So who's the best coaching hire, Hudson or Craig Smith? Oh, man. That's, that's tough. I think I'm probably going to go with Craig Smith because the expectations were a little bit less for Utah State coming in than for Fresno State, mm-hmm. and I don't think they had nearly as much talent. Uh, but I think both coaches have done an excellent job. I would probably go with Craig Smith. What about you? I think so too because they had Deshaun Taylor for Fresno State. They had a key player there, and Rodney Terry leaving was like out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. Aggies losing McEwen, Kobe Alta, Marquette, who was probably could have been challenged for Player of the Year, perhaps was gone, and they lost guys to graduation and everything. And so I would lean at this point, yeah, Craig Smith. If Fresno State happens to say tie for the conference championship or do something above and beyond in tournament. Yeah, switch. But at this moment, it's a slight edge. Those are, pro- like, besides Musselman, those are probably the two best hires in a very long time in the conference because Menzies, and eh, doing okay, not great. Um, we, it's too early for Prairie over at San Jose State to come in to see what he's doing. Any coach, like, it's, these are probably, those are the three best hires the past almost five to ten years at least. Mm-hmm. And And we had... Uh, Weir and Dutcher, both first-year head coaches, meeting in the tournament final last season. So right. it at least appears that the conference is doing better at selecting some of these head coaches. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's been up to yeah, I guess we yeah, Weir for the late season last year. Dutcher, it's like, I don't know, they, like you said, what he made the tournament final. It's uh, it's still early. Those are guys are on, what, year one, two, essentially. Even Alan Edwards did pretty good in his first little bit taking over, but he also had pretty good talent with Hayden Dalton as right. well on his team. So we'll see. I'd say let's – another year or two to see how really good it is but i'm hoping that those coaches doing what they're doing maybe it's league will get back to being a minimum of three tournament bids not and not needing the 
the heads heads above shoulders favorite to lose in the semifinal to make that right. happen. Right. Yeah, that's uh, the goal. You know, you know, we haven't discussed what's that? San Jose State's potential bl- um, throwback blunder, possibly. What's that? Not returning Musa's phone call. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wrote that uh, piece last week about how San Jose State's uh, athletic director at the time didn't return. Eric Musselman's phone call when he was the, on the Arizona State staff, and now look where both programs are at. It's a, it's a pretty fascinating story, and I think it's a lot of it's a story that not a lot of people know about, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, because it just came out. A couple things with that, though. Looking back at what she wrote and doing some research at the time, it wasn't the wrong move that he wasn't the head coach, but it's probably the wrong move to at least not talk to him, especially when you are yep. San Jose State. Yeah, that's and that's exactly the point that I was trying to make with my column is that if I were in the position of the athletic director, I think it's Glenn Blameyer or Gene Blameyer, excuse me. Yeah, Gene. He he had the option of either selecting Musselman, uh, Gene Prelo, who's now the current coach, he was with Colorado at the time, Dave Rochick or Dave Wojcik, excuse me, and then Rick Croy, who is um, who's now the head coach at Cal Baptist and with St. Mary's at the time. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have selected Musselman if I were in that position. I definitely would have given him a call to see just what's going on with that situation, but I don't think that we can really blame Blameyer for what he decided going with Wojcik because he was certainly qualified. He was under Leon Rice at Boise State at the time, and he met what the program at least had in mind of what they would do in the following few years. And... I think Wojcik did a pretty good job, honestly, before he had to resign. He he had turned things around by his fourth year and had some really good players on that roster. But uh, we can obviously look back and laugh, and I know a lot of uh, fans will do that, knowing that San Jose State could have had Eric Musselman as their head coach. But um, just things work out for funny reasons, and I guess this is one of those odd stories that we'll um, reflect on from years from now and see what, what happened. What if? There's also the situation yep. like, Wojcik was a fine coach. Like, look at Brandon Clark. He brought him in. He's going to be what West Coast Conference first team, most likely Player of the Year candidate mm-hmm. out there. They've had other guys transfer do well, but also there's the DUI he had. There, yeah. he had very little college coach because I think he was only in Arizona State for a very short time. And so it's like it wasn't the wrong move to hire, not hire him. But again, when you're San Jose State, it's not like Muslim was calling Kentucky to try to yeah, get the head coaching exactly. job, or even, heck, even calling like. Um, whatever like washington state or so you know i mean some even going to cal or stanford it's like it's not like he's trying to call call to get a above average job it was even at the time san jose Jose state was probably a bottom third job in the entire country Mm -hmm. and so it's like why would you not look at everything at least say okay don't even interview him get some introductory phone calls say hey what's going on what do you think about coaching what's your ideals and just kind of no, because here's the upside too. He's kind of in the area. He's been an NBA head coach. He's coached pros. Just because if you're a guy who coaches in the league, NBA, it's like even if you're not a successful, you kind of know what it takes to get guys to the NBA, and you might be able to lure in a, a better player to a notch above than, like I say, a guy predict going between, say, San Jose State or BYU or something like that or some that level or San Jose State, New Mexico State. You know what I mean? Where that's a difference is not a ton or going to like a lower level big 12 school or bottom big 10 school bring them into san jose state where you're going to play right away and he knows how to get guys like he wouldn't get these amazing guys 
even he's, he's barely doing that in Nevada, despite Jordan Brown, who came in last year. But if you have that experience in NBA, it's like, well, maybe you'll turn a guy who's looking at the top team in the Big West to go to your school instead. That's still a pretty good get for Spartans hoops. But it, it happened, and it wasn't the wrong move. It's just the wrong move not to at least follow up and say, hey, let's look at everything. Because remember the last yeah. search? Wasn't um, – oh, shoot. We always make fun of it during the before they got Gene Prelu. Who was the guy that was brought? Mark Fox or no, 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 he was in the mix. Um, oh, he was old. Oh, the, for uh, for San Jose State. Yeah, who was it before? Not I know Fox. Uh, it was old Nevada oh, coach. Uh, yeah, no, I know who you're talking ah, about. I'm the name right now. They're young as Nevada coach, but their coaching search last time didn't really. Trent Johnson. Yeah, Trent Johnson. Yeah, it's like that didn't really instill confidence in. Was it the same ads? Was Gene? Is Gene still there? Correct. No, he's not anymore. Okay, well, maybe my my correlation won't work properly. I was going to say, coaching search this time was super quiet because they were they were even looking at some D two coach out in Connecticut, I believe. Yep. And so it's like you're doing that, but then you don't bring up a guy who has a couple years at least chat with this. Because I was going to make that correlation, like their search was odd then and now, but whatever it happens. Hopefully, San Jose State turns around in a couple years because they need. Uh, to kind of rebuild after losing top talent, but uh, that's story time, I guess, for Eric Musselman and San Jose State in Nevada. Congratulations, you made the right move. That's right. Yeah. And now, don't let them go to UCLA. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and that's kind of the forward-thinking uh, bit of this article is that just knowing Musselman, his personality, how he coaches, and uh, I guess a little bit of his past failures in his career, both on and off the court, it's enough for an AD or a general manager or whoever to kind of question things and, and maybe not um, want to lean in his direction or his style. And so I think the more that we see Musselman rumored to take one of these blue blood type jobs, I think that's just something to consider that um, Musselman has his own personality in the way he does things. And even though he wins games, that just might not be the direction that some teams and programs want to go. Yeah, we'll see because he's doing well enough. He's doing like he makes a decent amount of money. They could probably uptick a little bit each year, but especially when he builds off transfers. Here's the one before we wrap up here, because I know we got to go. His one kind of red flag, which is may not be anymore, is that can he recruit high school guys? You got Jordan Brown to come in. Yep. And that's probably their biggest recruit ever since maybe Fasenskis was there, Nick Fasenskis years ago, or there could be some other guy, but he's a guy from years ago. Trent Johnson was doing good things. That's the only thing if you're going to go to, but then again, if you're going to UCLA, say he does land a huge up Arizona, UCLA, some big time power program school, Illinois or something that traditionally brings in good talent. You don't really need to be the best recruiter. You know what I mean? They're going to want to come to you instead of you reaching out to them. Yep. And so it's like, how do you work that relationship and stuff? But we'll see how it goes. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with that, but that's it for today. Uh, a quick 30 plus minute show. Got some news and notes in there. A couple game stuff and go Falcons. Yeah. We <laughs> will attempt to, we're going to work better schedule. We're going to try to come back next week to see what's going on in, I guess look in with bracket matrix and maybe somebody will unearth some uh, prior mountain West news with uh, these teams. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That's right. All right. So check us out. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcast, check us out there, download, subscribe. And again, MWR.com. See you next time folks. <laughs>